Oh dear. Hey guys, and welcome to Coffee and Coding, the app development podcast. I'm your host, Rob J, and in this episode, I chat with David Odari, Android developer at Trivago. We talk about how he got featured in the official Android developer video series, the hiring process when moving to another country for a visa-sponsored role, the importance of having your own personal app portfolio, and much, much more. Now on to the show. So just before we get into my conversation with David, I have one quick request of you, the listener. Do you enjoy this podcast? If the answer is yes, I'd love for you to share it with one other developer you know. Something you may or may not know about podcasts is podcast discovery is terrible. There's no easy way to find new podcasts. Most people will discover new podcasts via word of mouth. So you sharing this show with one other developer makes a huge, huge difference. So if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with one other developer you know. And now on to the show. I got a, a bunch of stuff that I want to talk to you about. Like I've been doing a little bit of research and you pop up in videos everywhere. So I'm, I'm super interested to talk about that. But for people that are listening who don't know who you are, can you give us like a, a little bit of a backstory about how you got to where you got to now? Kind, kind of like a, a journey story, I guess. On your LinkedIn, it says um, you did a nano degree for Android development. So I assume that's that's how you learn Android, right? Yeah. So actually before the before the nano degree, I actually was in the the uh, I did some self-learning, which uh, was a bit hard with the gaming and everything. Then went to the bootcamp, uh, which I got introduced to like web technologies. Um, I think a PHP framework, the first one I, I, I came across was, I think it was called Codeigniter. I'm not sure if it still exists. Yeah, then transitioned into Android. At the time, Java was still like the primary. I think, yeah, Kotlin was just around the corner. Yeah, so... After, after actually doing that program I was kind of, uh, learning, uh, from people who already have like built apps, have apps on the app store, trying to like level up my skills. Then at the, that's when I actually came across, there was actually a program where Google and, uh, the community, which I've mentioned, um, Andela Learning Community, I think they, they were sort of like sponsoring like a hundred people to like, uh, do this, uh, nano degree course. And at the time, I think, I think currently it's in, uh, they're pushing it in Kotlin, but at the time it was, uh, purely in Java. Um, yeah, so I was fortunate enough to be one of the hundred people who, like, got picked for the, for the, for the, for the nano degree sponsorship, like, they paid the whole thing. And yeah, I think after doing it for like six, seven months, I think, yeah, I think around six, somewhere between six to eight. I think that's how long that, that, that nano degree takes. I think after that and like the intense projects and like having people who, I think they have, they have, um, people from the industry who uh, like do like real code reviews. Uh, so you, you're also getting like work, exp- sort of like work, how it is to work with like someone who's reviewing your code at the same time you're learning. Yeah, so I think from there, it's when my I sort of uh, discovered other things you could do with uh, Android APIs and everything. So, yeah, I think that was like the solid, that sort of like cemented my previous Android knowledge, yeah. Okay, so how long was it after you did your nine degree to land in your first like gig or contract or whatever that, that first role was? So for me, my my 
my the, the like jobs I get, they, they weren't that linear. I think my path hasn't been linear at all. So whenever I do something, I usually like share it. Uh, I think after I done my nano degree, I like shared it to uh, my social uh, links and everything. So I had a couple of people like approach me. Um, if I could help them like build an, an app for a month or two or something. So I think that's how I also uh, I was like jumping in between uh, different small project at the same time trying to build my own apps and publish to, to Play Store. And eventually, I think I landed um, for the contractual work. I'd say probably two, one, two months. I'd say yeah. From there, everything else sort of just fell into into place. Uh, but I mostly attribute it to putting what I do out there. It usually connects me with uh, different people looking for different things. And yeah, how how important do you think having your own apps published was in terms of like getting hired, at least for future jobs as well? Yeah, so I, had, I always had this feeling. Uh, as much as I know how to like develop or create an app, I always had this feeling where I felt empty. I don't even make sense. Like I don't have my own my own things on the like I'm calling myself an Android developer and I don't have anything on the Play Store. So that I'd say first the first thing I I felt when I actually published my first app on 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 the Play Store actually you know as much as I I am already an Android developer I sort of felt uh, like I come full circle like I felt complete. Um, but yeah, I actually think it, it's also a good way to show that you're capable of handling the, the whole process from uh, building the app to actually uh, deploying it live. Though when it comes, do I think like things like marketing your app and everything, that's just something else. But the fact that it's just there, it's really, uh, it, I think it just shows like your capability in terms of you can like deploy the app. I think some employers value or some clients would like love to see. I think it's like the easiest way to share your portfolio as well. Just like sending them a link to your indie account and they can just like see what you work on or if it's actually an app for a company. That's, I think that's also cool. I think sometimes the downside is some companies you have to sign all this like NDAs and all this other yeah, like, this, contracts. And, th- this is know, the thing. Yeah, this is why I always tell people like, if, if you want to, if you're getting started building apps, you guys should publish apps because that, that's what happens. Like, even if you land your gig, you get a three month contract and at the end of it, you then can't go and show anybody what you did because you're under NDA. So you can tell them like, Oh, I did this thing, but you can't, you can't show them what you did. So then it's just like, well, did you do it? Did you not do it? Like, how do we know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think actually that because I remember uh, one of my roles where I had developed almost six to seven apps which i cannot sh- like i have the code and everything i, 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 I can i can show you the code but they actually because they're they're like given to the client so i can't like really say like this this on the apps on the on the on the place and stuff so yeah actually i think that that was one of the reasons that really so why it's actually important to like also have like my my portfolio independent of whatever company i work for and sort of if, if, you, if someone else wants to get into like freelancing or something or contractual work, I think it's also, it will help brand yourself as a developer as well. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on having your own. Account, yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree with that. I want to fast forward a little bit. So Trivago, right? But before we get to like working at Trivago, I'm super interested in one, what was the interview process like? As much, Like whatever you're allowed to talk about because like NDAs and stuff, I don't know what you're allowed to talk about. And then also... Um, I'm interested because you said like you relocated from Kenya to Germany, right? 
So what was that process like in terms of visas and all that kind of stuff? Because generally speaking, like at least, all, I mean, I do freelance work. So freelance companies, they're not going to pay for me to go anywhere. They're not going to give me a visa. Like if, if I wanted to go and work in Germany, it would all be on me to do it. But but I, I know when you hire as a permanent role, it's slightly different. So I'm just interested in what that experience was like. Yeah, so, so I think I'll just backtrack to, the, to when I actually like applied to it. So... Yeah, at the, at the time, I don't even think, yeah, like moving out of the country was the last thing I like, ever thought would happen at the, at the, at the time. So I kind of like applied through Stack Overflow. They should have this like jobs on the, on the side going debugging in whatever language or, or whatever framework you're using. So, um, in terms of getting like, uh, the fast like response, I think it came quite fast. I think in like two weeks, cause I've had companies which like, they reply after a month plus or some just never reply. Yeah, so from there, uh, so I was interviewing at a time when people were heading to Christmas. So my, we had to like put things on pause a bit. People like go and fresh, uh, refresh and come back the new, new year, new energy, new vibes. For, so for, for our company specifically, uh, we have like the, the, the interviewing ground was, I'd say it was really decent. Cause it was just a screening call with, with like a hiring manager. Uh, then I had like a task to do for seven or I think seven or 10 days. I think I've seen like most companies nowadays do this and others might also ask you of, um, if you have like an existing project, which you can like go through it during this, uh, the code review that comes after you've done the, the, the assignment. Um, then from there, I think it was just like the last call with, um, with what, 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 I'm not sure what it's actually called. Is it don't know if it's called culture fit, culture ad or something. Yeah. Like, do. like a culture fit. Yeah. 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 How, how you would fit in at the company. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so those, those are actually like the four processes I went through, uh, before I, uh, got like the official offer. So the offer came after, I think around two weeks after I'd done the the last interview and that whole duration if i remove the holiday period i think it it was around a month and a half or two yeah somewhere somewhere around there and what i what i actually liked about the interview is uh, i didn't have to do all this crazy whiteboarding and and the algorithm stuff and yeah i think i've also seen a couple of companies might also uh, leaning towards this sort of structure yeah that, that that was how the whole interview process went and then now the real task of now getting the visa uh began uh, after after the offer so i was fortunate that like the uh, like you said like the company um offers all this visa relocation um the visa relocation like they support you through the whole journey because i so for me my my for me i think it was really tricky because i actually got my offer in january but i actually relocated here in october and that was because of um the covid and everything so they were yeah so they were really patient and uh another another factor that made it hard was uh, at the time i uh i hadn't because i do not have like the the i never i like i dropped out of my uh, university 
degree in my last year so i didn't have like a degree at the time and the the embassy really needed this so i went through i don't know if people are usually aware of this i think the uk currently has it and germany also implemented it last year or the year before so you actually have um at least three years experience um in one of the what are they called uh, is it scarce group, scarce job? Um, like they have these jobs titles which are really hard to fill and, uh, like programmers, IT and all this stuff, um, we fall under that category. So if you actually have over three years and, um, you fit into this, uh, category, then you can actually get, um, the work, uh, visa. But before I actually got it, I had to send a ton of documents. Uh, I think like the, I think like the, the German embassy knows like almost everything about my life now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you have to send them a bunch of documents. Um, uh, yeah, the company supported me in a couple of ways. Also, if you have, if you have like the company backing, uh, and everything, it's going to be, well, the process will be smooth, but kind of long. Um, compared to, I think someone who has like a degree, it will be a bit easier. Yeah. So after like sending all these documents and everything, so I got my visa around, around October. Wait. Yeah. Around October is when I, I went for the, I went for the visa interview on March, but got it in October. Since then, I've just been adapting to Germany. And now I think I've, finally got uh, like a resident permit and yeah I, it was a really long for me for me personally the visa process was long um but yeah i think i'm finally through with all it now that i'm getting the resident permit stuff all right cool so so then i guess uh, i guess before we before we get onto like a bit more about Trivago, like how do, how do you like germany and more importantly do you speak german or not okay so <laughs> when, I, when i got here i think the first the first few days i don't know i don't know if it was culture shock or what I, I think i didn't leave the house for like two to three days i needed to uh from from i think from the airport from the pub from the public transportation to not hearing the language you're used to hearing every day which was like swahili um yeah like it's just a whole different uh view to the weather to how people are handling just things like trash which i really used to think about yeah, so I think I the first few days or uh, I I had to sort of adjust and uh, yeah I think I just had like some really weird phase the first few days, um, but I think over the months I've started uh, I just got used to living here, uh, knowing how to handle certain situations. So I think it actually gets better like each each month, despite the fact that I do not know German like at all at all. Um, uh, yeah, so my German sucks. Um, <laughs> I usually just, I usually have, I usually have this slide, which is, uh, my, my, my English is, is nicht gut. And that's basically my German is not good. And it's like, yeah, it saved me a couple of times. Other times people do not understand. Uh, we just use like our hands and gestures. Then that's it. Uh, so, yeah, so far so good. But I think if you actually do know some German, yeah, it will like improve the quality of conversations you can have, and uh, yeah, like if you run into a neighbor or something, you can like have like a quick chit chat. Currently, I can't usually like sometimes I, I might meet one or two of my neighbors and just like hi hi, we look awkward 
silence and yeah that's it <laughs> yeah that's fair enough I, I had a similar phrase when when i went to mexico i don't know i don't know spanish so the only thing that i knew how to say was my spanish is not good so i just go up to everyone they try and talk to me and i just be like my spanish my spanish is not good so yeah i, I get it this is the silver bullet <laughs> yeah, yeah. Times, it lets yeah. you off it lets you off most things yeah <laughs> We'll get right back to my chat with David, but first, have you left this show a positive review? No? Then can you leave this show a positive review? I know every podcast you listen to says subscribe, rate, review, etc, etc, but it would really mean a lot to me if you left the show a positive review. It helps grow the show and it helps others to discover it. Did you know that most shows on Apple Podcasts have zero reviews? Zero. So do you want this show to be one of those shows that has no reviews and no one knows how good it is? Assuming that you think it's good, but I'd be just as happy with a review that says the show is not good if that's what you really think. So if you're using Apple Podcasts, CastBox or Stitcher, you can leave a review right in the app. Otherwise, you can leave a review at coffeeencodingpod.com slash podchaser. I'd really, really, really appreciate it. So go do that now. Um, so, so getting into Trivago, right? So something that I'm interested in and correct me if I'm wrong is that previous to that, I assume that you were like a solo developer, right? So you worked mostly on apps that you were developing and you were the only one or did you work in teams? The only time I've worked on teams, I wouldn't say it was like, um, it was more volunteering or to build something. But in terms of like a contract or actual work, yeah, I was like solo, probably had, uh, uh, probably had web developers or just like a three, four, five person team kind of. So yeah, most of the time was solo. So a lot of things have were new to me, like doing, um, having to review, having someone like check out my work. Cause I think when you're solo, you can just like do whatever, do whatever you want. Yeah. And yeah, like it's, it's not your problem. Also another thing with like doing projects in like short term, sometimes you might not, you just like need to do the project as fast as you can and make sure it's working and just ship it and it's someone else's uh, problem uh, to maintain it <laughs> and yeah so I think a couple of things in terms of uh, moving from the solo developer to a team there's always I think there was like a little mindset shift into how I approach or do things now uh, so you need, I needed to like adopt this team mentality I'd say yeah so yeah from like code reviews to um, how 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 we'll manage like technical debt and everything you know like you be a solo you can just I don't know wake up one morning and decide you know I, I just feel like creating this whole thing but then I think such things need to like go through like the whole team discuss about it and yeah so like like those little things which uh you can't don't have the luxury of doing anymore, but at the same time, it also has its benefits, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. I, I was wanting to ask: Do you find that you have to code differently when you are on a team versus by yourself? Mostly, mostly from the aspect of like when when you code by yourself. Or well, my experience is, you know, when you code by yourself, you could do whatever you want, right? You could take like three different architectures and put them in one app. And when you are on a team, you have to you have to write things the way that they want. But I also find that when you're on a team that you have to, the most efficient way to write, let's say a piece of code is three lines, right? And it's like super concise, but only you know what that code does because it's so concise. So I, my experience is like when you're on a team, the, them free codes might need to turn into eight lines of code, which is like less efficient. 
but it means that the next person that might pick up a ticket that works in that code, they understand what it means. So I kind of just wanted to get your thoughts on like, how, how have you found that experience and have you found it to be the same or different? I think one, one, one of the things that I had to embrace, I think, uh, was a little, like a little duplication is not bad. I think a bit, that's, that's something I think when I was working solo, uh, it was really, yeah, like I wouldn't like to see like anything repeated at all. And like I'm trying to keep this super dryish code, which sometimes makes things super complicated. Um, yeah, but sometimes I've also come to feel like, yeah, exactly like a point of three lines. Uh, uh, yeah, like embracing things like a little duplication is not bad and, uh, minimizing abstractions and uh, following. So I think the good thing with sometimes, okay, I think it depends on the team. For example, if I am doing like a code review, I won't, I try not to impose, uh, like if someone has like a different approach, I wouldn't uh, really like turn it down. I'd rather like try and learn from it rather than force my own. If it doesn't really bring in some code smells or rot the code base in, in long term, I will like be totally cool with it. Yeah. So I think there's usually, I think that usually just goes all the way down to how the code reviews are done, whether someone is imposing their own way in every code review or are you like flexible to accept like it can be done in a different way. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. There's more than one way to do things, right? It doesn't mean that it's wrong because it's different. So, so, so just moving on a little bit from Shivago, right? So when I was doing my research, I saw that uh, Google developers do this like video series where they, you know, usually, I mean, I've only seen a couple of them, but the ones that I've seen is like, you know, there'll be somebody that's released an app and then like an indie dev and they'll just like do a five minute profile on them. And you were in one of these videos. So this, this is the thing that I wanted to ask you, right? Is one, like, how did that come about? And then two, what was that recording experience like? Cause when I was watching, I was like, oh, this is super cool. But then there's also shots of you just like, walking up steps and i always think like how did how did that work were they just like we're gonna sit here you go and walk up them steps 10 times so like how did that come about and what was that experience like okay so um i think we i think this was even before even left kenya um so i got an email i think the fact that i've been in a couple of like google uh related programs yeah i think i probably might have volunteered for something which i probably don't remember um but yeah i think also being like involved in a couple of these programs, they like sent an email asking uh, if uh, I'd like to be part of like an Android video or something. I think they, they didn't like put a lot of, yeah, they weren't like specific what sort of video at the, at the time. It was just a little high level. So it was more of uh, like tell us about what you do, some apps you built, um, just like getting an overall view of what I do, my background, uh, my experience, my apps. So after like, I think a cup, a month or two, I also like got an email, like they, uh, like they really like my profile and like all the stuff I mentioned and all the, cause I think I'd built one of the apps I'd built was more like a design patterns app thing. And for, for like people who are learning Kotlin and they were like interested in, in, in that one. I think that was one of the things which like caught their um, attention uh, among other like community contributions and stuff. So yeah, we just started planning how plan how we're actually going to do the shoot. If uh, if like the team will come or will I like do it on my own? But I actually do not have any video uh, uh, skills, so I just 
preferred for the whole team to actually just come and do it. So yeah, I think he had like a call with the whole video team and uh, the other guy who's on the on the on the video as well. And yeah, so they came to Germany and how how it was. Uh, funny thing is, I I I think it was a really cold day and I only had like a. Uh, I used to think like having just a hoodie would be enough in like a country like Germany when it's cold, but it definitely doesn't help. If you, you just you like, you like need a really legit winter jacket. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so the, the mistake I made is I, I wore my hoodie and just a shirt. And the fact that we had already started um, shooting uh, scenes with me just being in a hoodie and a shirt and it was really cold, that meant that for the next... I don't know how many shoots. Yeah, you I have think to do the same. Or something shoots. No matter how cool it is, you just have to wear this for the sake of like uh, having a continuous flow in the whole video. So yeah, that's one lesson I learned when recording uh, all those similar shoots. But see, yeah, for example, like yeah, things like the steps and and like the I think for example, like the bike, the bike shot, which was the first one we did. Uh, we did like almost more than ten, more than ten. I think it was like more than 10 shots, like different bike speeds. Like, okay, because the director was like, go a little faster, go a little slower, come a little closer, go a little. Yeah, so it was, I think, like the effort they put in this, like, uh, uh, 100 series videos, I think they really, yeah, they, they really put in a lot of um, effort. And the fact that they were able to, to do all that in the span of like a month and publish it in less than a month was really mind blowing because they took a lot of shots, a lot of audio recording, a lot of, yeah, a lot of hunting for cool places to like take these shots and everything. So it was intense, but uh, really cool. I also got a chance to go check out a couple of new places I've never been to at the same time. Yeah. But overall, I'd say it was really good experience i just think for me i think they just reached out from one of the google programs i was in all right cool so i i only have two questions left for you um so the first thing that is just like a general i'm just interested because I, I think i saw from your linkedin i think it's from your linkedin it might be from somewhere else have you worked with like jetpack compose yeah i i actually have done i think the first uh there's a time they had this um i think before the challenges i tried it a bit uh with the canary had ran into a couple of issues but uh resolved it and also the fact that there was like little documentation and stack overflows like it was like a desert and only i think kotlin i think only the slack channel is where you uh, could get help at the time but i think now i'm starting to see more composed stuff in stack and uh like twitter and a lot of other platforms it's starting to like get a bit of uh uh, traction, but yeah, I've, I've, I did. Uh, I think the most recent thing I built with Compose was one of the challenges. I think they had this four week, four or five week challenge. I happened to do like two or three of them. So yeah, I really, really uh, like Compose. I yeah, my distance for XML is kind of uh, growing. Uh, I think like. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the day actually able to use it in um, production. I've only used it in my personal apps, but it's looking very promising in terms of, especially if you happen to be, uh, personally, I'm really looking forward to it because of um, handling feature flags for different uh, screen variations. So I actually think like doing all this in code will be way easier than 
doing it in XML, for example. Yeah, that makes sense. I suppose you can render different screens based on the flag without having to like hide and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that sounds cool. I need to, I definitely need to get into it. Like I've, I've looked at the videos and stuff. I've never used it, but I see on Twitter as well, like people post like these really good looking slick animation apps. And, and, you know, from what I've heard, you can do that in Compose super easy. So. Yeah, the animation part is really cool. Also, the fact that I don't know if initially we could even like test animations. I think now we can even like test an animation, which is really like dope. Like, you can actually test almost everything. And for us, I think that will be, you can actually like unit test all this stuff. For example, in our code base, we really like test the, the UI stuff. And if everything, like if we remove the XML and actually turn this to compose, we have like, it sort of like will promote like testing also. Uh, that's also will be one advantage to it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's, it's not that easy to test UI now, right? But I suppose with Compose, you'd be able to test like, have I actually built the right UI as opposed to just, you know, does this button do the right action? Yeah. All right, cool. All right. So I have one last question, which is, is a question I ask everybody and, and I'd be really interested to hear your answer, which is, um, what do you think separates an okay developer from a great developer? Okay. Okay. Developer. I think the first thing is just communication. Um, so in, in terms of communication, I think this, this, this covers, this is very broad. This is from, um, how someone handles communication probably in, uh, peer reviews to how they give feedback to other people to how they communicate i think because um you wouldn't have also like the 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 job without the product so um in terms of how they communicate with other stakeholders and and try and um communicate the, the technical and map it all the way to a way in which will benefit the product in terms of like communication with the all the other stakeholders to to how they probably pass on knowledge as well um so other than that, I think also in terms of being, is it compassionate? Is it like, um, being patient with people? I think like people are different and, uh, sometimes you also have to be patient with, 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 with people and also, uh, factor in, uh, their circumstance, uh, when, when also like delivering like this feedback or, uh, like, you know, someone is really harsh. On, on, uh, up here, or like, like, uh, what, what, what the crap is this? And yeah, I think like language, I think at the end of it all, it's how it's sort of like com- being communicative and having some sort of compassion. Yeah. 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 I would agree. I, I think communication is probably the biggest part because there's no point being like a great programmer and then someone does a PR and you're like, Oh, this is terrible. Change. Cause it's just, there's not helping anybody. So. Yeah, great point. All right, cool. So last, last question for me is, um, where can people find you online? Where do you want me to direct them to? Social media, websites, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I think I'm usually mostly active on Twitter. Yeah. So once you find me on Twitter, you find, you literally find me everywhere. So yeah, Twitter, my Twitter account is at David Odari and there's an underscore before David Odari. Big thanks to today's guest, David Odari. You can find David on LinkedIn and you can catch him on Twitter at underscore David Odari. Finally, if you like the show, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. You can do that either via Apple Podcasts or via podchaser.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com slash donate. Caffeine is literally what fuels this podcast. 
If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter at lowcarbrob. And if you'd like to connect with like-minded developers and other listeners, you can do so in our Slack community at coffeeencodingpod.com slash Slack. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Coffee Encoding Podcast.